The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. Sports, 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 sports. So they just sit there and talk about sports? Yeah, and whatever else comes up. And guess what? We're doing it in a pretty cool place. Hey, it's a Thursday on the Blitz. Diabolical. This is a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow. Live at Stacked Pickle on 1960. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And the Blitz is on for a Thursday. Welcome to the greatest show in the history of the known universe with me, Fred Fowler, the Falcon, a very special guest host today. Aaron Rabel, the Voldemort, is back in studio. Nick Sharara is out here with us at uh, Stack Pickle. And I have to admit, as someone who uh, has a probably an irrational fear of pickles, <laughs> this place is badass. Uh, out here on, on 1960, uh, really cool staff. They've got the, I just had the Texas burger, which was amazing. And uh, the food is fantastic. Really cool atmosphere. Rahelio, who lives right up the road, saying, dude, I'm coming here. I'm bringing my crew. If you want to get in today, well, we don't take phone calls while we're on the road, so don't need to worry about that. But you can get us on uh, the Facebook page. Just uh, go to the Facebook, click like, uh, send a message. Aaron will read it. It makes him feel important, so please help him out. <laughs> There's uh, also Twitter, at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at What's your Twitter, Henry? At Henry Thomas NFL. Uh, that's that's easy enough. Uh, that's I know I follow you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at uh, Aaron is blitzed. At the producer Nick. At Degenerates nine seven five. At ESPN nine seven five. Did I forget anything? I think that's everything. Yeah. <laughs> and there's covered. There's also Twitch where you can't see us, but you can get on Twitch and comment as uh, many of you like to do. And uh, really cool group of people that we have on Twitch. So, uh, um, you know, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. I'm getting frustrated with humanity because I've always believed 95% of the people are really awesome and then 5% suck. And the 5% that suck are just louder than everybody else. I'm starting to think my totals are way off. But on the Twitch, that, that number still works. Still works on the Twitch. Yeah, yeah. You so. know what? I got to ask you about this. I, the other day I saw you, I was in studio, and then I left and then had the radio on. How do you not know from the windows to the wall? To the sweat run. How do you not know that? I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like it was the at one point you could turn any station on and not hear that. I know, but I, I didn't listen to radio for like ten years. <laughs> so if it fell in that window, uh, it might be a little bit before that. Mm. It may be a bit before that. Uh, well, you know what? When I when I failed miserably as a musician, I just <laughs> I hated music for a while. I mean, I just. You know, it's like I'd listen to something, and I'm like, golly, man, we did better stuff than this, and we were bums. <laughs> and this guy's making billions. So, uh, But, no, I, I just, you know, it, it's one of those things I just don't know, and I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say it. It's better than faking it, which, you know, I'm capable of doing. Uh, so this place is uh, right off of 1960. I, I have a beef, Henry, with, uh, with Waze. I think Waze and I are about to get a divorce. Ways is that the navigation? That's the navigation thing. See, I don't. I well, don't first off, that. I've got you know, and you work for a Cadillac dealership. I have a Cadillac that has a really nice navigation system. Yes, simple. But I don't. It, although that thing talks to me and scares the hell out of me. Like, <laughs> driving up on a caution toll booth. 
like it's a question. Uh, I'm like, no, it's a toll booth. I no, see that, it. That's a toll booth. I'm not cautioning. Caution. But Traffic I, ahead. I, I, but I punch in ways, and it sends me off on this weird way to get here. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe I'm just too reliant on this. And I'm talking to it like it's a live human being. Too. <laughs> Bitch, why you got me doing this? Before I'm going this way. This makes no sense. <laughs> and then, and, and, and of course, I get here, and I'm like, all you had to do was tell me to go to the racetrack and then head north on 249. Got to do it. I kind of know how to get to the racetrack. I can do that in my. I can do that drunk. I can do that in my sleep. <laughs> I mean, I have I have the radar in my head that gets me to the racetrack. And exactly. As as you well know, as a, a fellow aficionado, so uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm letting technology take my life over too much. Because, it's taking everyone's life over. Uh, I mean, it, it's everyone it, except mine. I mean, I'm the least technical person there is when it when it comes out to it. Like if I can't put it in, if it starts asking questions, I'm done. I gotta. Call a youngster, you know, say, hey, what's this doing? I mean, it, it's, well, it, it's terrible for me. And, you know, I'm doing my best to adjust all this. And, like, my wife embraces the hell out of it, right? Like, yeah. we, we have every sort of like, – when, when Skynet takes over, I'm one of the first dead guys <laughs> because, I mean, we've got Alexas everywhere. We've got security system you can talk to. And, I mean, everything, you know, like just Comes stupid up stuff. on your phone. Autom- auto- yeah, like everything you can do on your phone. And automatic trash cans that you can open on your phone. I'm like, dude, this is this is not a good idea. I'm no. okay with lifting a lid and putting a bag in it. It's simple. Yeah. It's very simple. Well, I, I yeah, I, I saw this today. The guy, somebody asked uh, Siri why I'm so bad at relationship, and the Siri answered, uh, "I'm Alexa." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank there you. you go. He's got millions of them. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Henry, Henry is a, well, he's been doing radio here for a while uh, with Fred Davis. They both do a fantastic job. I love both these guys. But back in the day, you were a pretty damn good NFL player. I did what I could. Uh, played for the Vikings. And you were all pro, which I do want to clarify, much better than Pro Bowl. Yeah. Pro Bowl, eight guys can get hurt and you get in. Yes. All pro means you were one of the best. <laughs> That's correct. I, I made a t- couple of pro bowls, uh, two all pros. I, you know, I think I should have had more, but that's just me. I, I'm my own worst critic and biggest cheerleader as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something that's going to make you feel old. Uh, I was talking to one of my, my uh, coworkers today about, yeah, Henry Thomas is filling in. And, say he, and he didn't know who you were. And I said, yeah, he, played, he was Dude was all pro, played for the Vikings, played with John Randall. Oh, I know who John Randall is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was the guy helping John to shine. That's uh, it. You know, I mean, uh, it, it pretty much it, it helped having you there. But uh, anyway, if, if you guys haven't heard, when uh, he, and he and Fred were on for uh, Joel the other day. Yes, we were. And uh, they, they're on the station a lot. They've been on the other stations. And, and, and I hope you hear a lot more of these guys. But uh, they're very, very talented. They, they do a great show. Fred brings up so much energy, and, and Henry is just a wealth of knowledge. He's also a very fun guy that I think the Blitzers will appreciate, and we'll, we'll drop a few things on him here as we go. Yeah, we've done a couple of shows for you guys, and uh, the Blitzers, uh, they warmed up to us. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, uh, I'm, I'm just, I've been a big fan of, of Henry's for a long time, so it's always fun to do shows. And, uh, you know, hopefully – Hopefully you'll hear a lot of Henry around here because he, he does a great, great job, as does Fred. So uh, a couple of things that I, I wanted to, to get to right off the top. There is there's some NFL stuff that I'm, I'm going to hit today 
that, uh, uh, that I'm pretty sure you have some stories that are similar, including this 49ers thing that I want to do next segment. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you guys had some, some fun rules like that. But uh, let, let's start with the uh, – did you watch the finals last night? Do you have any, you have any thoughts on how that's going so far? Um, I was surprised that uh, – I thought uh, Phoenix was going to run away with it. I didn't think um, the Greek was going to have enough help. But, you know, they, they found a way to pull it out. And when Chris Paul fumbles the ball in, in the closing minutes when, they, when it, they're down by two – it's something that it lingers because you've already had that stigma. He has that stigma of not being able to, and then you do that, and he just took a beating today on all over and on social media. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I, I still think until a home team loses, you yeah, know, I, I feel like I don't really know where this series is going to go. Okay, uh, and it, it is. It's the the guy who I was concerned about was Devin Booker because almost since he got bashed in the face by Patrick Beverly up until the last few games. He wasn't shooting a very good percentage. He wasn't playing very well. But, you know, and the fact that Giannis had to go 40-10 and 10 in two games and they didn't win one of them. Exactly. So he did get a little help last night. Yes. And it, and it was, uh, it, I, I think, I do think it's going to be, I still think Phoenix is going to win when they go home and it's going to be 3-2 and maybe we'll just get a game seven at some point where whoever the hottest guy is leads his team to victory. Right, but you know what? They still need gonna need that support from those other guys. I mean, we had right. uh, Billy McKinney on uh, a couple of days ago, who at one point was the uh, vice president, was head of scouting, did all that all throughout the Bucks organization, and he said himself, you know, with some of those guys, you expect the superstars to do what the superstars are gonna do, but you gotta find those guys that's gonna step up and 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 help a team, you know, to be that supporting cast. And he he hadn't had that. It's great that the, they pulled the victory out uh, last night. And it's, I, I'm I'm with you until somebody else wins on the other guy's court. It's going to be a tight back and forth. It's there, there's an old hockey saying that I think applies to almost every sport. When you get to the playoffs, your best players have to be your best players. Yes, and and that's one of the reasons the Rockets struggled so often with James Harden when they got to the playoffs. There's a lot of times James Harden wasn't, wasn't the best player. Never. But Giannis has been the best player Yes, uh, for his team. And I, I thought, I'm kind of glad to see, because I thought Phoenix would win last night, get up 3-1, and then the series basically over at that point. I picked Phoenix as well. And, um, you know, because I, I, it, it's easy to root for those guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to rally the Valley. I can root yeah. for those guys. But I can't, it, it, when uh, AJ and I were talking about this, it's like we were okay with either team winning. Mainly because both of them make James Harden look bad. <laughs> if the Suns yeah. win, Chris Paul gets a title before he does. Exactly. And he chased Chris Paul out of here. If the Bucks win, Giannis gets a title before he does. <laughs> He's got two MVPs. Hmm, who does that slide down the list a little? That's right. He goes right down the list. And the thing about Chris Paul getting a, a championship is, you know, he gets to knock that. He actually gets to get in the elite uh, point guard uh, conversation because now it's yeah he's good but he's never done this he's never won a championship he's never done that and that why that's what I say in the the closing minutes of the game when you turn over the ball and they go up you know now they're up four on you it it adds to you and it you have to be a strong individual to be able to overcome that and next game put it behind you and excel again. 
All right, 713-780-ESPN is the number if you want to text the show. And uh, when we get back, there's a story about the 49ers locker room that I, uh, I want to ask Henry if there were any similar stories in the Vikings locker room because I'm guessing there were. In fact, I kind of know there were. But uh, right now, I have to talk to uh, – well, I don't have to. I get to talk to Abogado El Tigre Tejano. Lawyer Dave's in the house. What's up, Lawyer Dave? I am grinding away on a very sad case that happened up in Dallas when a uh, an 18-wheeler hit a car, killed the passenger, and rendered the driver brain dead. So been a sad week, but a productive week worked on. Wow, that's uplifting. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that one. <laughs> well, good luck with Wait, that. I, but got, I got more. I got more. <laughs> no, no, I've heard him. I've heard him. You don't need to share him. <laughs> but no, Dave, Dave takes all kinds of cases, and he, he really does a, uh, a fantastic job. If you've been in an accident, uh, slip and fall, workplace, anything like that, car accident like he's talking about, then he handles it. And if, if you had problems with your hospital appearance or your doctor, you take care of that too, right? That's exactly right. 18-wheelers, regular car wrecks, a plant explosions, any kind of accident anywhere, in the United States, specifically anywhere in Texas, I'll help you out. Call me, Lawyer Dave, 713-626-8900. And if it's not something I handle, I'll send you to somebody who does. Yeah, and it doesn't cost you a dime for the consultation, and he doesn't get paid until you win. So even if you need to go to the doctor, they'll take care of that. All right, give him that number. Tell him how to get in touch with you one more time. You can call me at 713-626-8900. Email me at LawyerDave.com uh, or tweet me at LawyerDaveLaw. All right. If they need a lawyer, what do they do? They hit Better Dial Dave. Need to know your place. Because it's about to get is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You're listening to a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow, live at Stacked Pickle on 1960. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. Henry Thomas in today. At Henry What's Thomas. happening, Houston? At Henry Thomas NFL on Twitter. Okay, so this, this story made me think of you. Um that uh, it came out a little earlier this week, that the 49ers had a team rule regarding locker room groupies. And this came out on Twitter. And uh, basically, you would get fined if you brought an ugly girl. It was uh, for the travel, the hotel rooms. It was for training camp rooms. Um, from what I read for, of the... Uh, rules is the amount of the fine 
would be based on one to ten scoring scale of the young lady you're with, and the head coach word was final. So his grading of it would would cost you how how severe the the penalty would be. I couldn't figure out whether it was Bill Walsh or George Seifert. I'm thinking more Seifert. Yeah, that sounds more like a Seifert thing. Sounds like a Seifert thing, you know. Not that that dude should be judging anybody. That's, that's like me, dude. I, <laughs> put a number on somebody like that. Well, stop me, but I don't. I don't know if we never had a rule like that. I had pretty strict and stern coaches. I mean, Jerry Burns, Dennis Green. Okay, wait. Let <laughs> Wayne Fonts was a little, little different. A little different. Still a great coach, but uh, his rules were a lot more lax. He had, he only had three rules. Don't be late, no bitching, and don't hit Barry. <laughs> that was the rules. <laughs> but he was pretty stern about them. And, uh, but for being in a locker room, uh, you had the, the groupies. It, there's so many different ways guys would get away with having people in their room like night before the game. You had, you had, they always put you away in a hotel, and you have meetings and then curfew at 11. You know, There were some unique ways that guys had – young women in the room and so the way that they combated that especially in minnesota was you had roommates you didn't get to have your own room anymore because uh, apparently a few bigger name guys were busted with individuals in their room okay and one guy from what i understand when the coach would come into the room to say you know to check the curfew he'd be laying on the floor stark raving naked doing sit-ups so you know you walk in on a guy doing sit-ups negative, you're going to be uncomfortable. But what happened was – At least every time he goes up, right? <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to be a little uncomfortable. What happened was the young lady they had in the room hiding in the bed underneath the pillows sneezed. Uh, <laughs> so we were – we were sneezed. <laughs> That sounds a lot like that uh, Rachel Nichols, Jimmy Butler story. Really? <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. Where I he, didn't see that one. Yeah, he, uh, Somebody heard him, a thumping noise, went to his door, and uh, he, he's basically naked and sweating and said he was bouncing a basketball. And the rumor was it was Rachel Nichols he was bouncing. <laughs> Where's so, the ball? Where's the ball? <laughs> but, I mean, you're, you're in Minnesota. I'm guessing, like, San Francisco – the quality's probably a little higher. So, like a ten in San Francisco or a ten in Minnesota, probably five in San Francisco. Do you guys have a grading scale oh, like that? Oh, oh, contraire. Minneapolis is a hub for everything around it. So you have Iowa, uh, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, Wisconsin. Everybody went to Minneapolis, which was a big city. So the the the, the choices are pretty nice there too. Okay. So I'm told. I mean, I I was you know. When I was single, yes, yes, was, yeah, 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 it was it was very nice. Yeah, when when you weren't, there was no way you'd even notice. No, didn't even had no clue. I, I guess that's why I'm single now. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I've said this many times. I think Minneapolis is an underrated city. I, oh, I really enjoy it there. It's like in my pantheon of U.S. cities where I'd actually want to live and work. I would have I would have Minneapolis in there. Yeah, stay till November. I, I don't, but I'm not bad with winter. Like I'm now, man. of course. My wife was from Saskatchewan. She hates winter now. Yeah, like she wants no part of snow ever again. And she's even like, oh, you know, it's. I, I even though it's raining, I love it down here because it's ninety degrees. I'm like, oh yeah. god. <laughs> well, for me, born and raised in Houston, right. Went to LSU in Baton Rouge. 
Okay, that's high quality. It's so the, the heat was great. <laughs> when I got to Minnesota in August, it dropped to 55 degrees. <laughs> I lost my mind. And my first winter, real winter, I, was, I had an apartment with the underground garage, and I'm going to get in the car to go to work. And it's like 6 in the morning, and the guy on the radio said, with the wind chill factor today, it's 52 below. Oh, I was like, below what? Wait a minute. And I couldn't, being hey, for man, me, I couldn't understand that. it. <laughs> I couldn't understand it. I was sitting there thinking, okay, 32's freezing, right? Is it below? Wait, is it? Is he talking about zero? So I went back to bed. <laughs> Two hours later, I got a phone call from Jerry Burns, and he, was, he does not mince words. And he was yelling and screaming. He was like, get here, come straight to my office. I go to his office, and he is ripping me a brand new one. And he is all over me, and I'm not saying a word. And he looks at me and goes, well, what do you got to say? Don't you ever be late because I'm going to find you. And he goes, what do you got to say for yourself? I was like, well, Coach, where I'm from, the government doesn't even go to work when it's 20 <laughs> degrees. And he started laughing, and he said, don't ever be late again. I never <laughs> <laughs> I, it was. Un, it was the, the, the cold was unbelievable. And I, I was there for eight years. And then I went to Detroit, which is just as bad. Which you got to play indoors, though. Yeah, yeah. All those were indoors until I went to New England. Mm. And when I played in New England, it was outside, and I never knew how much I missed grass <laughs> until, you know, that we played – maybe seven or eight games on grass, and then we went to Philadelphia, and my body felt so bad after the game. They were thinking, oh, everybody said, oh, it's just the turf. You'll be all right. I was like, turf? I've been on turf my whole career. But the grass made a difference because it's not turf like it is now. Turf then was carpet on top of concrete. That was about the sum of it. Yeah, and the I, I had limited experience with this, but one game that we played uh, – was at Rice Stadium back when it was just concrete and and uh, the, thin layer of carpet yeah, over it. That was uh, and, and like everybody who got tackled got up and half their skin was gone. Oh yes, it, it was just like the whole game. And and when it's hot, it's even worse. <laughs> it's even worse. Started me to wearing gloves. Well, you lose some fingerprints just put your hand <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> All right, 713-780-ESPN. If you wanted to text the show, you got some NFL questions for Henry. He's got some great stories. Uh, I, I've, I've heard a lot of them, but if you want to hear some of them, uh, hit us up, man. I will, I will pass them on to him. And, uh, yeah, we're just having some fun. We're out here at Stack Pickle, which is uh, your place for sports wings, burgers, and beer. And if you are uh, in the area, man, come check this place out. This is a uh, really cool hangout. they got nice, uh, nice TV set up so you can watch all your games. They've got a nice bar, which I'm just staring at longingly right now. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's a very cool place. And uh, come check it out. Come on, say hello. Yeah, we're, we're going to be here till 7. You can come That's out it. right now and come say hello to an all-pro defensive player. There now, you go. Now, I'm, you know, I'm more partial to offense. I know. But that's okay. I've, I've heard you say that in the past. I know, and I, I know it hurts your soul. <laughs> that's right. But, but there, I, there are times where – you know, if I'm rooting for a certain team that I don't have a bet on the game, then I'll watch them when they have the ball, and I'll, I'll flip when they don't. Yeah. I've, I've done that. You've made me pull over driving to text <laughs> you and say, what are you talking about? Defense doesn't matter. I had to stop on the freeway for that one. It's like I couldn't believe he said that. That's like, my, that, that's, that's like extended ADD, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, if, like if I'm playing Madden or something, it's like I don't want to play defense. <laughs> Just auto defense. <laughs> Do the skip ahead on the plays. Nah, we're going to put this one in. This, that, that'll work for us.
What I'm going to do is I'm going to go find one of my old 90s Madden games that has you in it, and then I'll play defense. <laughs> and then I'll, then I'll bitch at you about, dude, totally missed that tackle. How can you be so slow? <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break. Please don't go anywhere. It is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Junior, Jazzy, Baby J, tell them when I die, put my money in a crack. Couple figures, killers, call and collect. This is ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. This is a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow, live at Stacked Pickle on 1960. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. No A.J. today. It's Henry Thomas filling in. Uh, just looking at the Twitch page where you guys can comment. You can't see us. You can see Aaron, of course, because you'd rather see him. They have a picture of us. They have Henry's picture. I don't know why everybody else at the station and everybody who fills in has pictures that look good. And at every picture of mine, uh, I look like it rubs the lotion on its skin. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. You kind of have a little Aussie look on that one, though. You do. <sighs> Put another shrimp on the barbie. No, Aussie. I thought you said Aussie. I was going to be like, oh, no, no, no. Don't have a man with mumble, mumble. So uh, I want to have Nick pop on for a second because – well, I wanted to ask him about the finals, but I also want to talk about a story we were talking about on the break. Okay. But um, I'm, I'm just kind of curious how you think this is going to play out in the finals now that it's 2-2. I mean, is it, is it a matter of, okay, well, when somebody wins on the other court, we'll worry about it. But, I mean, what do you see playing out? I mean, I'm going to stick to Suns winning this whole series by six games. Um, I, I question the Bucks on the road almost in every aspect. I mean, Giannis – we talked about it on the press box. He struggles to hit free throws on the road. Yeah, he's done well recently, but I feel like even if even if they tied the series, which they did, I still see the Suns. Uh, and I don't think that Chris Paul is going to have those late-game turnovers like he did in the fourth quarter. He had two really bad turnovers in the fourth quarter that I think really cost the Suns. I don't see him doing that at home in Phoenix. I just don't. What about that non-foul call that could have meant something on Booker? I mean, he basically tackled the guy. I mean, he probably – he probably committed like eight fouls. Well, I mean, he had a hand on the ball. I gave him that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, well, the and one on where he like hugged. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, the one where he hugged was bad. Yeah. yeah well, to, for him to get into foul trouble in such a, 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 a big game and he's playing so well, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, I think it's just youth and uh, the adrenaline of being in that that spotlight and wanting to shine and wanting to do I mean he, he, he did some great things but the fouls come on yeah. you know I mean I think he's done pretty well being the significantly younger guy than Chris Paul I mean at that age you would think he would buck up to Chris Paul a little bit man I'm the young guy I was here first I'm the star but I felt like he's played his role and and kind of accepted Chris Paul's leadership pretty darn well so I, I see that but I also see him he has when he's going to the basket, when he's playing on offense, when he, even when he's playing on defense, he has a, a lack of fear. Like, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't care if he messes up. But I'm going to make this basket. I'm going to stop you. And the thing about I'm going to stop you is where he has to pull back and, and play a little smarter. You know? Yeah. 
No, agreed. Well, this other story we were just talking about off air, yeah. which, uh, and I don't know who does these studies, but the study is came out that LeBron James gets four times more hatred or more what's the what's the abuse. exact word abuse than on, any other athlete on Twitter on Twitter yes. And I, my first question is, who's doing the study, and what's abuse? You yeah, know? define abuse. Yeah, define abuse. Because somebody now, if they're disagreeing with your political stands or comments or whatever, is that abuse or just a, a well? The discussion? way people do it now, yeah, we we don't discuss politics. That, that does, that's not how it works anymore. If uh, let's say I do something and it becomes this political thing and Nick's really liberal about it, and you're really conservative about it, and you're both commenting, you're going you're gonna to be abusive. That's just – I'm not you guys in particular, but in general, that's what Twitter is. There is no discourse or discussion and there's, and, and because there's not in our society anymore. Nobody has, nobody has good debates about something. It, turns, it always turns personal. Well, everything on social media turns personal. It's, I see all the things that people are fighting over likes. I mean, if I don't see you, I don't know you. I don't care if you like me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if I see you, it's like, well, I really don't like Henry Thomas. It's like, all right, stay over there. Yeah. We're good. You know? But that's the devil of Twitter. I think the tweets may have caused more criticism. I don't know if that equals abuse. The tweets that he had during the NBA season, just because, like you said, yeah. people have knee-jerk reactions. And I know you said this off the air, knee-jerk yeah. reactions to whatever political affiliation exactly. you have. And so you start you going at them. And I just think it's a, a product of the whole, you know, George Floyd pandemic, the protests, all the, the police brutality stuff, all that stuff. I think he was almost bound yeah. to get a whole lot of criticism because he's the face of the NBA. Yeah, and he and he put it out there, and you know he has support behind it, but just like you said, he's the face, so everybody assumes and takes. He's saying it. Let's go at him. Yeah, you know? but I don't think he I don't know what more. the abuse is. Like abuse making yeah. it personal. Does that mean what? personal on Twitter? Because guess what? Almost every tweet on Twitter is made personal. I know. <laughs> and that and that was kind of my point. But I, I would I would say okay, to me, like when he's tweeting about Black Lives Matter and somebody says, "Okay, where was all this outrage with China?" That's not abuse. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> just asking a question, right? Right. Now, if you say, "Where was your dumb ass when all this was going on in China?" That's abusive. Correct. Because that's not really necessary. And unfortunately, that's what Twitter is. That's what it is. That's what all social media is. I mean, I, I'm, I'm new to the TikTok thing. I think it's hilarious. I love watching it. I got people that I already follow, and I've just learned that, oh, that's what TikTok is. And, but now I'm getting to the point where people that I've seen that have done something I thought was funny, a week later they come on, it's like, and they got to post a comment that someone said – about what they did that I thought was funny, and then they have to address it. You don't. Yeah. It's, you're out, you put it out there, you're going to get good and bad. Yeah. You don't have to address the bad if it, if it makes you that. It's not like it's, you know, people going through and said, oh, I agree with that. I thought whatever you did was funny. I'm good with it. Yeah. I don't need to know how you feel about what somebody said. Yeah. I guess Show me something else funny. No, no, it's, I agree. I guess because, like, the unofficial rule on Twitter is that, like, well, if you don't respond, where, well, you're either wrong or you're the bitch or you're the. I never respond. Yeah. Well, I've never been in a Twitter battle. And everybody <laughs> goes, well, how come you didn't respond? I was like, well, the dude said what he had to say. Okay, cool. Uh, Next I, thing. I, I learned my lesson with that. I don't, I don't get involved on Twitter anymore. If somebody, basically, if somebody is, you know, rips me for something, great. I just leave it there. Uh, as long as it's not just completely nasty, in which case I'll just block them. 
But I don't. I don't think I've yeah. ever blocked anyone on Twitter. I, I haven't either. And I've, I've got. Gotten, I blocked a bunch. I've gotten a couple. You know, you're a fat ass. <laughs> like, well, see that I don't care about. But I'm when, like, uh, you're, you're making wrong. when you start no. making comments about my kids or my wife. And yeah, things like that's, that, you're gone. You I can mean, call me a fat ass all day. I mean, yeah. it, look, it's all good, but I don't. I guess I don't put myself out enough like that on Twitter and on those things that you know where I'm. I'm gonna battle back and forth with somebody. You know, my things are. You know, I'm at this reunion or I'm playing golf or I'm I'm watching Fred hit a golf ball seven feet with nine swings, that kind of thing, and we're having a good time with it. But uh, for me battling with somebody, I really, I, you know what, I, I don't care. Yeah. That, that's they not going to stop me from sleeping. Certainly gets ugly, yeah. for sure. Yeah, well, but obviously if you're in that position as he is. Now, I, I still think this has just got to be in America, right, because I'm sure Cristiano Ronaldo and guys like that get tons of abuse internationally. On Twitter. Right. I mean, it, they're international. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because whenever we talk about how big athletes – and LeBron's about as big as it gets in, in, in the States. you got to remember those soccer dudes are like, you know, they're gods all over the world. <laughs> right. And, exactly. And, and to have those guys to deal with it, I mean, they got to do it in so many different languages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know what he's saying. He must like me. Yeah, that's it. I'll, I'll just put it up that way. It's It's – the, the whole thing, and the thing that I get really tickled about is if I like something that someone else said or did, that I get comments on if I like it. or And I was like, why do you care? Yeah. It's my whole thing. Why do you care if I like what that – that's what I liked. I, I enjoyed it. It was like, well, you shouldn't like this because of da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, I don't give a I mean, damn. if you start a sentence with you shouldn't like <laughs> – yeah, it's like, bro, you've lost the battle right there. Within the first three words, you lost the battle. You shouldn't like. What are you, what are you telling me? What I should and should not exactly. like for? Because that's what people do. They're they're supposed to. You're supposed to think like them. You're supposed to be like them. You're supposed to do what they say. And if you don't, then you're a little bitch. Yeah, it is. It's so true. It, it, and that's uh, it, and it's unfortunate. And, and it, I really, if it weren't for the need to, and one of the reasons why, if I if I do decide to leave this business, it's going to be because. You know, I'm just tired of, of all the stories that come out of like, – well, we made a big deal out of the Stephen A. Smith story. Just over something he said, it becomes a polarizing thing, right? And it becomes this huge story. And it's like, look, was it a great take? No. But it was just a take. Yeah. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah. Just a take. And <laughs> to go in and have to – I don't think I've ever apologized. If somebody said, back in 1992, you did the, the – Yeah. Yeah, probably did. Well, that's, that's actually the other problem with Twitter, right? You might say something three months ago. Right. And you had a take, and obviously three months later, that take is probably not a good take. Yeah, but it, takes are fluid. They change. They tend to change. <laughs> that's right. So that's why I feel like a lot of these people on Instagram, they're, like, deleting their posts, and they're only going to stories. It's up 24 hours, and they're gone. You know what I mean? Because, like, Twitter, you get old takes exposed will get you. Yeah. Awful <laughs> announcing will get you. Like, yeah. Yeah. And now you look like an absolute idiot for something you said eight months ago. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. So, but you said this, like, well, that's what. Back then, that was what it was. Yeah. It's wrong now. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. I don't think that way. Let's keep going. But it, it, it's the whole social media thing. And I, I am fortunate and, and thankful that there was, wasn't social media when I played. I know. Because uh, yeah, how would you Yeah, how would you deal with that? Because for one thing, the other thing you didn't have to deal with is everybody's uh, posting videos of you out partying. 
Oh, that's exactly right. I got a huge story on that when I was in Minnesota. I'm a huge Rocky Horror Picture Show guy. That whole thing. Went to a, had some friends that lived not just outside the city, had a big Halloween party. I was full Frankfurter. <laughs> Dressed up, did the song and everything. Oh, yeah. How'd you do? Uh, see you met. Whole thing, had a blast. Fast forward, I don't know, 15, 17 years. I'm in Minneapolis for um, a, a Joey Browner's induction. It's around Halloween. I know these people throw the party every year. I just show up. So the wife is all over me to do the song. do the, But I'm in a suit. I'm not dressed in a costume. And I was like, I won't do it. And she goes, well, what? it was so great. Oh, Henry did it. And I was like, yeah, it was great. Look at your party now. Every other person had a phone, video or something. I was like, like nah. I wouldn't made it back yeah. to the cities before I nah. got crucified in that. No, thank you. Yeah. But you, but then it was nothing. I mean, to see me in that outfit, man, I, I look back and was like, I got to destroy these pictures. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I invent a time machine, dude, I'm going to go back <laughs> with my cell phone to that moment, and then I'm going to bring it back to you. All right, how much are you going to pay me to not put this out there? Not put it out. Doesn't Jarrell Charlo have a DeLorean to go back in time? That's right. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh. Oh, speaking of Charlo, that's going to be a great fight in San Antonio. Yeah, I'm look, thinking you going? about going. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, San Antonio, I'm not going to be able to make it because I have to be here in town, but I wish I could. I love all the Charlo brother yeah. fights. They're cool, yeah. dude. Like, they're humble. They like to – they like to speak. They're very accessible. Yes. I love the Charlo brothers, man. Yes. Like, we had them on when we did uh, the HD show mm-hmm. way back in the day. We had them in. They're both cool. Great. They're both cool. Very good guys. Love them. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Nick, thanks for, for popping on, yes, man. Sir. Appreciate it. Uh, you can hear Nick uh, 1 to 4 Monday through Friday along with Joel Blank. Check that show out if you haven't. We'll be right back. It's a Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. On ESPN 97.5. You're listening to a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow. Live at Stacked Pickle on 1960. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. Henry Thomas in the house here at Stack Pickle. Come on out and check this place out. If I really like a place with pickle in the name, yeah, I'll tell you something. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It, although I'm looking at the Twitch and the picture of us, the pickle is in kind of a weird spot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> little uncomfortable. A little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, way to go the, with that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted uh, to do something here because I'm getting a lot of questions for Henry. Okay. And, uh, so I'm just going to bounce through some of these, and you respond to the people. I will respond to the people. What's your best Barry Sanders story? My best Barry Sanders story. My first year in uh, Detroit, um, we had, is uh, it Labor Day, September, right? Or, yeah, Labor okay, Day. Okay, Labor Day. We had a Labor Day. I had a huge cookout. I had a small house that I rented on, a, on a, this little lake. So I tell all my neighbors, I got friends coming over they don't know who I am. They don't know. They kind of maybe, well, I have the entire football team show up. I'm, I got two grills going. We're cooking. Barry, everybody's looking for Barry to get autographs and talk to him. Barry's on a paddle boat with 
four hot dogs, three um, hamburgers, and a steak just paddling around eating, having a ball. Now, that's one guy that could eat. I'm telling you. He never played in a preseason game, and every preseason game that I was in Detroit that I was playing, I would go to sit because he and I were workout partners uh, uh, during the season. Right. And he'd always want to squat after. And I was like, nobody hit you, Barry. I'm not squatting it on Monday. But uh, he would, every time I'd come off the field, he'd go, Hank, come here. And I'd go and he'd pick up his helmet and have like two or three hot dogs in it. Just sit Because he never had to play in the, in the preseason games. And he was just one of the best guys I've ever played with. Yeah, it's my first experience with Barry Sanders when he was at Oklahoma State. And uh, there was another running back ahead of him mm-hmm. that year who was pretty good. Thurman Thomas, you might have heard yes. of him. And uh, he returned to kick off 100 yards against UH for a touchdown. That was my first, <laughs> like, who the hell? Is, I mean, it was just, I mean, it, it was like watching everybody else in slow motion. That's right, him zipping around. Yeah, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And, and, and of course, he went awesome. on to be, I, I think, the best running back I, in league history. But, I agree. You know, if he, he, it's one of those things, it's hard to quantify that when you, you don't play long enough to accumulate the numbers that say an Emmett Smith did. But if you ask me to start a team with, with a guy in their prime, I'm taking Barry Sanders every time. Oh, just give him some some resemblance of offensive line. Yeah, you know he did all he did with very limited support. God, what would he what would he have done behind that Cowboys offensive oh. line? Oh, I don't know. He might have been confused because he he, <laughs> he he was like, "Wait a minute, I don't have to juke anybody. <laughs> I can run Wait, for forty." Aren't I supposed to get hit first here and then I have to spin? Isn't that how that works? Exactly. I'm not supposed to just go right through that giant hole, am I? Um, Somebody else asked, uh, in the dog pile, was checking someone's oil actually a thing? Uh, it's been hit a couple times in the dog pile. Yeah. I've been, I don't know if they were checking my oil, <laughs> but uh, they were definitely trying to plug the hole. <laughs> I've been in the bottom of the pile with some, uh, uh, I'm telling you, short yardage piles are usually the worst because you can never hear the whistle and everybody's fighting for that one yard or that two yards and it's brutal at the bottom and being the position i was in i was usually that guy at the bottom <laughs> well and was there one guy that you knew was going to cheap shot you in a pile frank winters yeah frank winters and i frank was the center for green bay packers and uh he was a absolute overachiever he was outside of um him and uh I want to think of, I can't think of the guy's name, was a center for the Bears and the Saints. Anyways, uh, he was the guy that if I made a tackle, he was still right on me. I, it was, wasn't always clean, and I knew every chance he got, he took a shot at me. And it, it was it was mutual, though. Every time I took it, every time I had a chance, I took a shot at him. Don't let Brett, Listen, I'm, I'm guessing you gave back a little bit. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't throw an interception because you're the first guy I'm blocking. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, how how cool is that? Whenever you know that there's a guy you want to get like that, their quarterback throws an interception. Yes, and, and you catch him when he's not looking. Beeline right for him. <laughs> and Frank and I, you know, even throughout the games we talked and everybody to see us play against each other was a was violent and in inside the game but to hear us talk everybody you would think those guys are good friends it's like we weren't good friends but we respected each other's ability to play and we played hard against one another i mean 
my first uh, induction to a real center was like my third or fourth game. We were playing against the, the Colts at the time. And there was a guy named Michaels was his last name. And everybody said, hey, you got to get ready. You got to get ready. This guy's great. This guy's great. And I never forget the first snap. I'd look across the ball. He's holding the ball. And he had a full beard. And it was gray hair coming out of it. And I'm 21 years old. And I'm looking like, this is a grown-ass man. And it was the biggest battle I'd had up until that day. <laughs> that I, and I was like, from then on, you, you took everything seriously. Because, he. I mean, it was the, the most eye-opening thing I'd ever been a part of up until then. But aren't white guys with beards scary anyway? Yeah, but he's a black dude. Okay. Well, then that's, then that's <laughs> nothing to be scared of. Which, yeah. which was even worse because I'm thinking at that time, I was like, oh, no, offensive lineman, white guys. Where did you get this dude from? <laughs> if he's got gray hair, he's probably 60 years old. Oh, and, I, and he was just quick and the strongest man I'd ever played against up until then. And I was like, man, what a game. So uh, somebody asked uh, your last year was with the Patriots. You, yes. You were there, what, three years at the end? Two uh, years? Four years. Four years. Wow. Uh, it was the year after that they became the Patriots. Was that your fault? Um, <laughs> I have gone to therapy, and it's, it's been a while because that was the year I retired. And I remember it was a contract thing. Um, I was released. Belichick called me himself and said, we're going to release you, try to bring you back. 20 minutes later, I get the wire. I'm playing golf at Champions Golf Club, right course, which is here. right up the road. Yeah. And one of my buddies goes, hey, have you heard? And I was like, what? Patriots just made Bledsoe the highest paid in the history of the game. And I was like, oh, that's why they cut me. Because <laughs> in 20 minutes, I was supposed to get a, a, a roster bonus. Ah. And I remember Bill calling me that whole week trying to get me to come in. And he's saying, and I keep saying, call my agent. Call my agent. He's like, look, I can tell you right now, Henry, we are a Super Bowl team. With you, we are a Super Bowl championship team. I was like, well, you're going to have to pay me. He was like, well, we're going to pay you that um, roster bonus. I was like, no, no, pay me the contract and keep the roster bonus. I'll come back. And we went back and forth for about a week, and I was like, you know what? I've done everything but win the Super Bowl. In 14 years, I missed seven games total, in my, and I started all 14 years. Um, my numbers speak for themselves, over 1,000 tackles, 93-and-a-half career sacks, all of that good stuff right there. And uh, I think I'm going to retire. You know, my body's pretty good. I didn't know it was going to de- deteriorate over time <laughs> like it has now. But, and I, like I said, I, I have gone through therapy, and I'm better for it. But that is like picking a scab. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. Because <laughs> we, we talked about that before. So yes. I wasn't, I wasn't going to get to it, but... Uh, Hey, the listeners just wanted to get to get to know you a little bit. The ones that don't, which that's it. You know, you guys should. I mean, this this guy is a uh, is is legit. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about sacks. And I don't know if you saw this, but they actually went back, and they're still not official. But all the guys before sacks were an official stat. They believe they have like a ninety ninety eight percent accuracy thing on them now. Sweet. So we'll go through those. And, that would be great. Uh, and plus, I just want to some of your thoughts on that because you. You were pretty good at it, too. So, <laughs> Did what I could do. <laughs> all right. Uh, I have to tell you guys about Cars for Kids. And if you've got a vehicle that you're not using, uh, sitting out in your yard or maybe it's in your garage, and you've been wondering what to do with it, maybe you were going to fix it up, maybe you were going to uh, give it to one of your kids, 
and you just never got around to it, and now it's not running, and you're like, what do I do? Well, go to carsforkids.org or give them a call at 713-225-4226. It benefits the Houston Can Academy. So when you donate that vehicle, the money from that goes to the Houston Can Academies. That helps students and schools here locally. It gives them a second chance at a diploma. And if you mention ESPN Houston, you're going to get a $50 Visa gift card as a thank you for the donation. The pickup is free. You get a tax write-off. And here's the best part. If that thing's been sitting there for a while, could be a car, could be a motorcycle, could be a truck, and you've been wondering, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't have the title. I don't. Well, guess what? If you don't have the title, they do the title work for you, including search and transfer. That's carsforkids.org, 713-225-4226. Right off the car, not the kid. But she mine. I'm stamping her. Priority status. So them other mad at her. Too mad at her. Thumbing through a hundred thousand. I spent that times two on you. Call myself, couldn't you? Loaded red rule. You're listening to ESPN 97.5.